We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We had a question that was spurned off of our conversation about the 2025 board for Notre Dame. Levi Perez says, what's your dream offensive line class for 2025? I mean, the dream is like. Well, it's Petty and Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is a forest for the trees kind of question right here. Just so you know. (laughs) I will, I will say it like this, Brian, this is my, this is what I hope happens for Notre Dame. I think of the realistic targets you get right now Owen Strebig, Rowan Byrne, Maddie Augustine, and you shoot for one of the elite talents at the position. That's kind of what my hope is. Because I think Strebig's a top 50 kid potentially. I think he's a really good player. Maddie Augustine is that developmental, high upside offensive tackle. And then you have Rowan Byrne who could play multiple spots up front. That's a great three-man class right there. Then you shoot for, hey – if you're really serious about Josh Petty, go make your move for Josh Petty, right? Like, go make your move for him. And then if you get a Josh Petty into that class or David Sanders, you're like, okay, it's pretty dang good, right? It's pretty dang good. So, I, but I think that those three guys are guys that I would really want in the class. I think Notre Dame really wants in the class. Strebig, Byrne, and Augustine. And then you find who that best fourth is to match those guys. Like, that's kind of where I look at it. I don't think they'll wait too long, but I agree with those three. But if a kid like, I mean, I don't think the number matters if Petty wants to come and he calls you on December 1st. I don't it's think just, so <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I know this is coaches hate it when they don't have absolute power. But I tell people this all the time, especially with Florida kids. This is the one time that the players have all the power and the coaches have nothing. Elite players make their own timeline. Coaches get bitch. They can moan. They can say, we need you to decide the kids, especially down where I live, flip them the bird because they do it all the time. They're, you know, Ohio State has that rule. You're not allowed to take official visits after you commit. Jeremiah Smith's already taken five visits. Elite players get elite rules. It's just the way it is. It's, you know, I'm going to go see Shamanad Madonna play here pretty soon. I'm going to joke with Jeremiah about it. You know, I know some of the Ohio State guys on staff, and I'm going to tell him that I'm, I'm going to make fun of him because you, and he'll laugh. He will. But that's just how it works. 
So yeah, Petty and Sanders, even if Notre Dame has four by that point, if they call Marcus Freeman, I'm going to speak for Marcus now. The answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Marcus. We're just letting you know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's it's just the way it is, bro. Yeah, there's certain players every year where it's like, are they a take? And the answer is yes. At any time, they're a take. Like at, we, we've talked about a couple guys this year, Brian. Like obviously, Justin Scott commits to Ohio State, but Justin Scott would have been one of those guys who was always, yes, you want to come, Justin. There's always a spot for you. Always a spot. There's no doubt about it. David Sanders and Josh Petty would definitely be that for me. I think it's probably the same for Notre Dame. I think you're correct in that instance, but man, it has a chance to be a really good board for Notre Dame class in general even without those cats. But again, get three of those dudes and then go for the ceilings, man. Like just shoot for the moon. That would be my biggest thing. So yes, I agree there. I think we, I think we see that pretty similarly. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We had some questions. Uh, all right, we had a question from Pete Weber says, who have been the meanest offensive line recruits over the last 10 years? Guys who wanted to just absolutely own their opponents. Brian, you've been doing this a lot longer than me, obviously, on the recruiting trailer. Some of their meanest guys you can re- recall oh, as far as offensive line recruits. I mean, is Quentin Nelson there, there's, one obvious one. there's one obvious one that you should come to a conclusion with, and it's not even a, okay. he's number one on the board. 
it's number. He wore one. a gold helmet. Let me think. Oh, Quentin Nelson, right? Is that, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, yeah. he didn't want to beat players. He wanted to <laughs> maim them. You want to forget which that was, but somebody on NFL Network said every time he got done just doing whatever he had to do, he on Monday morning he would go get they got access to all the film. First thing he would do is go see, well, what did Quentin Nelson do to somebody this week? And I'm like, damn. <laughs> and that's NFL film. You know what I mean? Like he's not pushing around a cop. These are guys making millions of dollars that he's beating the snot out of. Yes. You know. Like last year was the first time he wasn't like all NFL, all pro. <laughs> yes, I know, man. Um, uh, but he, I, I, I said he was the only guy in that draft that I thought was just surefire. He's going to be a Hall of Fame player. I, I think that's pretty safe that he's going to end up there. He, he was outside. Of him, he was my. He was a top rated player that year. Obviously, not not working in positional value because that's going to work some well, guys. Yeah, but he's the safest the pick. Board. Safest yeah, pick. Name a guard you would rank higher than him. I, I haven't. I've never graded an offensive lineman that ranked as high as him on my board. Like he was that good. I'll say another guy, Brian, that I remember as a recruit that came out and he was just like beating the snot out of dudes. Paris Johnson Jr. I remember seeing some clips of him. Yeah, and I'm like, that right. dude is just dominating dudes, man. Like just absolutely yeah. owning cats. Like, oh man, he was yeah, fun. He was a fun player. The other kid, he started last year at LSU, the big offensive tackle. He was out of uh, Monroe, Louisiana, a big big white kid. He's he's ridiculous. He can do everything. I forget his oh. name. I started to meet like immediately. So um, but there aren't many guys that have but, that mentality that also have the football yeah. to play right away. Yeah. I didn't see Landon Dickerson come out of high school, but he was one of those kids in college that was like, he was hurt all the time when he was at Florida state and Bama. But I remember his film coming out of Bama was just like, that dude just wants to hurt people. <laughs> he just wants to absolutely physically. He was good, man. Yeah. He was really yeah. good. So, so that, that's another guy that comes to mind. I'm starting to think of, I'm trying to think of a yeah, couple of guys. That said in the chat, Will Campbell. For LSU. Oh, Will He's Campbell. There. Yeah. Yeah. They had two freshman offensive tackles, right? Campbell and um, Emory Jones was the other one, right? That started as freshman last year, I think. Might be. Campbell was – I thought Campbell was the unquestioned best lineman in that class. So he was was a dude. We just had another question for you, Brian. Obviously, it's in your stop at grounds. But Nathan Milton said, Brian, who is the most underrated Florida recruits in the 2024-2023 class? <laughs> can you be underrated out of the state of Florida? I joke because you can, but yes. Uh, there's a kid that I think Notre Dame and everybody will recruit. His name is Tyler Williams. He's from Sumner High School. Um, it's just south of Tampa. He's a kid that I guarantee you is going to blow up. He's got a few offers. I don't know what it is in the water down here because the number over under yearly – this, this puts things in perspective how much talent is down here. 40. And what am I talking about? 40, not 40 college players, 40 college receivers is the minimum. Uh, and I'm being dead serious. Like you can count them up. Uh, Tyler's a kid that plays at Sumner. If he played at Tampa Jesuit or Lakeland, like Lakeland's right down the street from me, and a couple other schools, he'd have 10 plus already. Sumner is just south. It's the, the area, Riverview, and that right before Bradenton. Doesn't quite get as much attention, but the school is growing and their reputation and everything. That kid is going to blow up and end up with 25 plus offers. It's just Florida. They'll, they'll find him. 
But I watched his film. I'm like, why doesn't he have 20 offers already? This is not hard. Is that so, is that a tw- that's a 24 kid, Tyler Williams? Uh, five. 25. I'm sorry. Oh, he's like three or four. Yeah, he's five. Uh, 23, 24. That's that's still a great that's still a great mention though. So we'll definitely keep our eye on Ty- Tyler Williams for 2025. 24. Probably Breedell Richardson, just to bring it around. He's a kid, another receiver, shocker. But he plays Carrollwood Day in Tampa. He finally got the offers and stuff, but nobody talked about him because he's not a burner. He's incredible balls, except for Jeremiah Smith, and I always have to use him. He's himself, and then there's everybody else. He has the best ball skills in 50-50 situation in the country. Breedell's 50-50 balls are incredible. I I don't know where he's going to go. He kind of waited too long and – I have no idea what's going on with him. And I and I know him personally, but his recruitment it's is weird, wild. man. Like he's talking to a lot of the northern schools like Michigan State, and then obviously he's planning on potentially taking an official visit to Notre Dame. And it's just it's very strange, very strange recruitment. I told Bridell a while back to his face. I said, dude, you're waiting too long to set these visits. These schools are gonna fill up. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, we'll we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens, but yeah, it's it's fascinating because Breedell is a good football player. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, he's he's good, man. I mean, yeah. Question, Brian. I, I know because I know Shamanad Madonna also has Trader JoJo Trader, who is a very good player as well. Do you they see him five. more as a wide receiver? Is it? The, what'd you say? <laughs> they got five. What'd you say? They have five. Oh, I know. It's absolutely silly. Do you do you like Trader better on offense or on defense? Because I've heard some people kind of go back and forth with that one. <clears throat> Here's the real short answer. It's not even close. He's the best corner in the country if he wants to play it. He has no interest in playing it. None. The kid that signed That's with here. Uh, LSU out of Gulliver Prep last year, there was a seven-on-seven game, and he's a year younger. And he came up and played bump coverage on him. He latched onto him and threw him out of bounds. It was one of those, those plays, and I like literally, and I'm standing, I'm like, holy crap. And then I was told that he doesn't even take corner seriously. And I'm like, okay. But like his ball skills are crazy. He could do a backflip and catch the ball with one hand in the same motion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I think it might be a mistake, though, man. I know he's probably a real, I know he's a really good wide receiver. I've seen his films. I'm like, he gets and, mad at me when I, remember, I say something about it. He doesn't like it, but we, we all tell him the same thing. You're better at corner. Well, Brian, because I remember I remember J.C. Horn. I had a really good relationship with J.C. Horn. I still talk to him pretty regularly. But I remember his dad was the one, because J.C. was a really good wide receiver coming out of high school as well. But his dad, Joe Horn, who obviously was a great wide receiver on the NFL level, was like, J.C., you're playing corner, dude. You're not playing wide receiver. You know why? Because there's not a lot of you that play corner at the next level that look like you, but there's a lot of wide receivers that look like you. There's a lot of them that look like you. And I think that's so smart, man. And the kid goes number eight overall. It's like, what a great business decision by his father to be like, dude, you are a corner. You are not a wide receiver at the NFL level. And It's funny because you can be slightly better than average at corner with the right size and go in the first round because nobody wants to play. Everybody wants to play receiver. Yep. Nobody's covering Jeremiah Smith anyway. So you got to have some of the slot guys and this and that. You're going to make it longer at corner. They last longer. It's the easier money. I yeah, I don't get it, man. Whatever. I don't I don't get it at all, man. Like I really don't again. Like I remember JC telling me that. He's like, Yeah, I thought I was gonna play wide receiver in college. And he's like, My dad told me, Nope, you're playing corner. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, okay, we'll we'll do that. So 
And it has ended up very well. He played really well as a sophomore after being hurt as a rookie. So JC Horn is a good football player. And I think his dad understood that there's rarer things that come around. We had a question from D McAnally, excuse me. Notre Dame's cookout is coming up at the end of the month. What do you think Notre Dame will serve? And if you were responsible, what would you cook? Oh man, people keep joking about this so much, Brian, because it's like, is it a cookout? Is it a barbecue? Am I getting brisket and and great stuff? Am I getting hot dogs and burgers? Look, I have talked to some Notre Dame recruits in the past, some commits that say that they always get hooked up with some great food. So I'm sure no matter what it will be, they're going to get some good food and it's going to be free, obviously. So like, cool, we'll get some food. You know what I mean? So whatever, man, whatever. If it were me, I'd be like, you know, I'm I'm a simple guy with barbecue. I don't, I don't know about you, Brian, but I'd be like, you know, uh, just some nice burgers. You made some some chicken. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm a pretty simple taste barbecue guy. So I mean, if you want to throw me some brisket, cool. You want to get some burn ends out there, awesome. But like, I don't need it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need it. But it's just me. All right, we had another question. This one, this one's interesting, Brian, because this is right down in Florida as well. I actually have an interview that's coming out with Sean Sevlano, who of course is the talented defensive tackle out of Clearwater Academy International. Nathan Milton asks, what are your thoughts on Sean Sevlano Jr., who is obviously 2024 defensive tackle committed to the University of Notre Dame? Two things on him. Um, he's finally kind of gotten into a groove in terms of like how he's going to play, what he wants to do. Always been an aggressive kid, very intelligent. Like his stance has gotten better, his ability to get off all those things. And I, I didn't think that he was a guy that could play both spots necessarily till I saw him live at a practice. I think he could play three technique or one technique, especially third and long. It's not going to matter. He's got really good hands. He just doesn't necessarily look the part because he's a, he's a pudgy kid. Just needs to redistribute some of his weight, but dude, his get off is nasty. He is a one gap and go interior defensive lineman that fits what Freeman does. If you rank him generically, his value is not as good as it is for Notre Dame. That's one of the reasons I hate recruiting rankings, but that's a story for another day because it, it you know, a three technique for Alabama is not really a three technique. They run a different kind of system. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't fit what they do. So that every system's a little different. Anyway, he is also a kid that gets Notre Dame super articulate and will fit right in with the student body that will help him adjust and play earlier for the Irish. So I've, I've had the chance to talk to him over the phone, and I will say this, Brian. I thought I was talking to a kid that's a junior in college. Like that's kind exactly. of how, the vibe that I got. I mean, he's a very well-spoken kid. He's got the Canadian roots, obviously. He's from uh, – I, oh, I forget what part of Canada he's from. It'll come to me in a second. But obviously he came down to Clearwater International and is – I mean, you want to talk about stat sheet? He had 50 tackles for loss and 22 sacks last year at American International. Again, I, I know it's not the greatest level down there in Florida, but like 50 tackles for loss and 22 sacks is pretty good, man. It's pretty good pretty good production for a year. So we shall see. We shall see. But – We'll see what happens with him. I know, I know, I wasn't like super pumped about his him initially, but I'm starting to come around a little bit on Sean Sevillano. I'm hoping for a big senior year. He actually will be playing against a bunch of the bigger schools this year. They don't shed a tear for like 
they I, I, they play Palmetto, which Davion Dixon, et cetera. They play a lot of teams. They do not care. So well, he will be challenged because he's going to go up against yes. a lot of massive young men. So it, it'll it be interesting to see how much more of a step Sean takes as a senior. Yeah. Yeah, I would I, – that, that's going to be a great game to see too with uh, Dixon and – Civilano teaming up to go against each other, not directly, but even though Sean Civilano did play some center last year, not many people know that, but he had to fill well, in his center at one point. So. The center for CAI is going to Southern Cal. So yes. Dixon yep. will be going against the guy that he's going to see at college. It's a small That's world. That's yeah, I know. I was just, I just wrote an article about him this morning that will be out on the site. And it was just like, yeah, a lot of dudes that are going power five, man. They had a kid, they have a kid that's going to Miami, I think, as a safety down yep. there. They got a couple kids going up to Minnesota. Like, yeah, man, they got some guys. Got some guys. So quarterback apparently is a decent little player too, going to Washington State. Yep. So I have to see him in person. We had another question from if it will come up. There it is. Pete Weber. What stats measures do the Notre Dame coaches use to evaluate how good of a job an offensive lineman is doing? Pete, I think that this is the biggest one because I, I assume that you're asking me for the, the team that is currently there, right? So the evaluation process isn't as much intact anymore, right? Like they got their guys, they evaluate them as high school players. They saw the size measurables, the arm length, the, the wingspan, all that great stuff. And they were like, they're a fit for Notre Dame. I think that what you're asking me is, I think that this is where some analytics get completely thrown out the building, right? It's like, I, I'm not worried about a, you know, yard per attempt average, a yard per after contact average as a running back, those types of measurables that show me how good a player is. Offensive line coaches are very film driven. How is the guy doing on film? How is he working with the, with the players around him? So it's, I don't think there's too many stats that really show how great an offensive line is. I think it's more the film that really tells that story. I mean, yes, a running backs running for a lot of yards. Offensive line most likely is playing very well. If a quarterback is not getting sacked at the time, offensive line is coming pretty well. But those stats can be a little misguided at times. I mean, some running backs make up for bad offensive lines. Some quarterbacks can buy time or get the ball out super quick. So sack numbers are going to be a little bit low. I think about USC last year, Brian. It's like, I don't think USC's offensive line was very good. But they had Caleb Williams, who never gets sacked. Like, just ne- he always breaks out and never gets sacked. So the sack numbers are going to be down. Compare Caleb Williams. Yeah, compare Caleb Williams to what Notre Dame had a couple years ago, a quarterback who was a statue. If you had that same offensive line at USC in front of him, oh my God, he would have been destroyed. Yeah, that's, every now and then there's a player so special. It doesn't really matter. Like John Elway played at Stanford. They were not very good. If they didn't have John Elway, they'd have won three or four games. <laughs> they had John Elway, though. They beat Oklahoma on the road. Like they were like a 20 point underdog. They beat Oklahoma. They had John freaking Elway. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's about who you're blocking for just as much as how talented you are. It's very true. We had Arch that asked a question. He wants to know. What elite top 50, top 50 level, excuse me, 2025 recruits do you think Notre Dame will land that would surprise other programs? The surprise of the programs is where things get a little bit muddled, muffled. Because, like, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked if Owen Strebig ends up at Notre Dame. I don't think anybody, like, 
you know, teams down south are going to be like, oh, man, that's a surprise. Like, yeah, okay, a Wisconsin kid is going to play at Notre Dame. He's a top 50 kid, in my opinion. Surprise is a great one. Like, if Josh Petty ended up in Notre Dame, that would be a surprise. Like, that would surprise me. What I think Deuce Knight's a top top 50 kid. Do you think, Brian, from your perspective, as far as, like, being down south, do you think it would be surprising if Deuce Knight committed to Notre Dame as of right now? I mean, Tennessee and Notre Dame are obviously his top two right now. I mean, Deuce is a kid I know pretty well. He's not a typical Mississippi kid. He could go wherever. It wouldn't surprise me no matter where he signed. Um, The kid that I'm picking for this question would be Jarquez Carter. The only reason he's not ranked higher now is because he's at Newberry High School, which is about the size of my computer. It's this big. It's like a one- or two-way high school that's just west of Gainesville Ford. Again, if you played at Lakeland, Tampa Jesuit, Chaminade Madonna, blah, 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 he'd be through the roof. He's, he's got quite a few offers, but the ranking thing is a little iffy. He, he's an elite talent, and I know Davion's recruiting him to Notre Dame, and he's coming up for the for the barbecue or whatever the hell it's called. And he's a kid that I think would surprise people, but he's a real high academic kid too. 3.7, 3.8 GPA, he's, he could end up at Notre Dame. That's a great pick. I saw his film one time, Brian. I'm like, I could not care less what this ring is. I would take the kid at Notre Dame yesterday if he wanted to come. Like, he is a very good player. Like, Jarquez Carter, come on down, man. So people will push back on that answer, though, because they'll be like, he's not a top 50 kid. And I'm like, he could be. He could be a top 50 kid. I'm telling you, once once his film circulates and he goes to the combines next spring, talk to me then. Yes, hundred percent. I think that's a really good one. A under a a sleeper pick for me would be Jadon Blair, who is a safety out of North Carolina. That would be a, a sleeper pick for me. I think that kid is top fifty all day, and he's a North Carolina kid. Notre Dame's having more and more success in North Carolina, but still getting that kid to come up north would still be a big win for Notre Dame. Someone said Taylor Taylor. Taylor wouldn't be a, a – like it wouldn't surprise other programs. He's an Illinois kid. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it would be a great get, no doubt about it. But, like, would anybody be shocked that Taylor Taylor went to Notre Dame? Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all. He's a literally an Illinois kid. He's Geneva community. I mean, that's not a shocker. What about uh, the safety from Winter Garden, uh, West Orange, in Florida? He's coming back up for the visit on the July 30th. Plus Ivan, Ivan Taylor. Ivan Taylor. Yeah. yeah. That would because, yeah. I mean, like, he's got Florida ties. Notre Dame doesn't get a lot of Florida kids. That wouldn't be yeah. pretty I – mean, he's, he's got offers from everybody. That would be a really good one. Another one that I think is an interesting one is Chuck McDonald out of modern day out in California. I think that that That's would surprise some folks a little bit, but he – Really likes Notre Dame, so I, I would not be shocked if he ended up at Notre Dame again. I would I wouldn't necessarily predict him to Notre Dame today, but like I wouldn't be like super shocked if Chuck McDonald ended up at Notre Dame. So that would be another one. Um, other than that, I don't think there's like too many like surprises. Like you said, Ivan Taylor is a really good one. If he ended up at Notre Dame, it will be a second time on campus for the barbecue, so that's that's a good step for them. Josh Petty would be a massive surprise to me. Deuce Knight, I think some people would be surprised about if you don't know Deuce. Like I, me and you have right. gotten to know Deuce a little bit, so like it's not a shock to us. But I think some people would be like, 
Notre Dame's getting a Mississippi kid. They haven't gotten a Mississippi kid since 1998 or something like that. Like uh, that would be a surprise, I think, somewhat. So, another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, that's a good one. Someone just put in the chat, Brian. This is an interesting one. Devin Williams out of the state of Georgia is a is one that would surprise some folks. Yes. Is he the corner? Yeah. But yes. he goes to Buford, right? Is he the Buford kid? Yes. Okay, He's that the Buford kid. Here's the deal there, man. And I know that program well. When you go to that school and you walk on the property and everything, if you didn't know where yeah. you were, you'd say this is a small college. There's money everywhere. It's articulate. And it's not like deep south, like you think of one of the big magnet schools that everybody in the, in the county goes to one school. There are literally schools like right. that in central Georgia. It's just outside of Atlanta. It'd be easier. Getting a Buford kid is like Darius Walker played at Buford, the running back from Notre Dame. Sure. That's, that's a little different. It wouldn't shock me, but because he's from Georgia, somebody might be surprised. But it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he picked Notre Dame at all because he has visited once, loves Notre Dame. One of the top two to three schools that he mentions every single time I get a chance to talk to him. And he's already trying to get back up to campus sometime soon, whether it's the end of the summer or in the fall. So he's going to be up to campus in multiple times before his junior year starts, most likely. So, like, that's a good sign. It's a good positive sign, obviously. So Not what you say, it's what you do. If he comes back again for Ohio State or a USC or something, then you know you got something. Yeah. Well, Jadon Blair was that guy for me, Brian, because like I love Jadon Blair's film. He really likes Notre Dame Everything every time I talk to him. But he hadn't visited, right? So I'm like, eh, all right. like, is this a legitimate one? But now he's coming yes, up to campus this summer. So it's like, oh, okay. Like there might actually be legitimate interest here. So Ivan Taylor, though, the one that you picked earlier, that's a really good one because Notre Dame has had obviously their – troubles in florida over the years so if they were able to get a kid like that out of florida that would be a very big get there's no doubt about that great question archer thank you for that one Ed, josh, josh buffo the motivational business bank had a question hopefully it pops up at some point here we go if you could have one of this season one of these players on this season's team who would you take safety drew tranquil or hypothetical rover Tom Zibikowski. I, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I would take Tom Zibikowski this in this question, because I think I know we say hypothetical Rover, Tom Zibikowski, but I think the weakest position on Notre Dame's defense right now is safety. That, that's, that's it. Right. 
So, yeah, does Tom Zivikowski have some of his inconsistencies in pass coverage at times? Yes. Is he going to gamble at times? Yes. But Tom Zivikowski was still a really good football player, man. So he would be one of my starting safeties on Notre Dame's defense. He wouldn't be a rover for me. Drew Tranquil? Drew's a really good player, but, like, safety Drew Tranquil, because that was obviously his first two years. Drew was always a guy that you wanted coming more towards the line of scrimmage. Tom would be a better player from depth. So I would take Tom Zabikowski personally. And Tom would also be a really good punt returner for me. So like there's the punt. Yeah. That's why I was going to say the same. He could, man, his vision with the football, for people that don't know, he was an option quarterback in high school. He was phenomenal yes. high school football player. And I, I think that yeah. the extra point there with the with the special teams, you're darn right. Every time Notre Dame needed a big play those last couple years with Zibby, I felt like he made it, Brian. Like from a punt return perspective, scoop and score, like big hit, just made so many great plays, man. He was just a really good football player. We had Archer who had a question. We're kind of winding down already, so if anybody wants to get a couple more questions in here, Archer452, how many commitments from the July cookout do you expect? Over, under, three and a half. Long-term Archer, if we're talking about just the entirety of 2025, I expect over three and a half in that cookouts at the end of the month for Notre Dame. How long is he, is he talking about there? Like, is he talking it within two days? Of it? Yeah, I, within, a, within a month, one or two. That would yeah. be my guess. Yeah, I would say coming out, you most likely maybe have one, maybe two guys that are silent commits to Notre Dame. We'll see, obviously, when that declaration when the announcement happens, like that would kind of be my guess. So it'd be under if we're talking about like the immediacy, but if we're just talking long-term of that group, how many guys end up in Notre Dame's class when it's all said and done, I would say over the three and a half. Cause I really think that Notre Dame has valued a lot of guys that can be on campus. And like I said, most of the guys that Notre Dame is extremely high on in that group are guys that are coming back for the second, third time this off season, which that says a lot. I mean, Rowan Burns is going to be there now. It's going to be his, Third time on campus in his career. Uh, Ethan Long's been on campus now. This will be his second time. Matty Augustine will be the second time. Owen Strebig's been on campus three times. Deuce Knights, although not technically a part of it, a couple days before, he'll be on campus twice out of the state of Mississippi. So there's um, Taylor Taylor's been on campus at least two times, probably more in the past because he's an Illinois kid. So there's a lot of kids that are going to be on campus that have been there multiple times, which I think is big. All right. Uh, we had a question from Berkshire Yank who said, I think Notre Dame is missing out on the Pritchett boys. Of course, this is West Pritchett's son. Lawson is the 2024 linebacker. And Marshall Pritchett is the tight end in 2025. They're Georgia kids. They are hungry, hungry and hard-nosed kids. Thoughts on them? Berkshire, I, I would say this, because I, I don't, Brian, I don't know how much you've seen of the Pritchett kids. They Both of them obviously made the trip up to Notre Dame for the Irish Invasion. I like the tight end in 2025. He would be a kid that I would keep close eyes on if I was Notre Dame. Lawson, I think, is a good football player. I'm not sure he's a Notre Dame caliber linebacker, in my opinion. But I, I, I think Marshall's a really talented tight end, though. I do like him a lot in the 2025 class. But obviously, Notre Dame has a very good board of tight ends right now in 2025. So I think, but I think they're both good football players. I do. That's pretty much where I'm at. I don't think either one of them is an immediate take. Tight yes. end in Notre Dame, yes. that is a small board, brother. They pick pretty yeah. pretty well. That's the only thing because, like, I mean, how many guys are you going to take? And, and they already got arguably the best tight end in the 25 class. It's going to yes. be hard. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Marshall is a I really like his ball skills. He's got some length to him. I mean, he's like a legit six four and a half, six five, which is awesome. But he's only 205, 210 pounds right now, right? So there's some projection that still needs to happen there as far as body type and getting some weight on his frame and all that type of stuff. So we shall see. We had a question because I think we're down to four here. PK says, How much importance do you put in getting Kenny Minchie playing time in 2023? I.e. pull Sam Hartman early with big leads on weak sisters weak sisters that's funny uh pk i mean i for me i think it's important right like you have the four the four game redshirt rule now so that you can get some guys playing time without burning redshirts like that's great and i think that for me more than likely kenny minchie is going to be the likely one to be more in the like because i'll put it like this cj Carr is going to be here for 2024 you're going to have Kenny Minchie coming back. You're going to have Steve Angeli coming back. But I think the anticipation is that Kenny Minchie is more in the quarterback one conversation than Steve Angeli's. Like he'll have his opportunities to, to win that as well. But I think your hopes are that Kenny Minchie's that guy that can compete for that playing time at that point. So I would love to get his feet wet. I would love to get him some action. I don't want him to just get in there and just hand the ball off a couple times and call that, you know, playing time, right? Like I want him to be able to get legitimate opportunity so it would be big for me for Kenny Mitchell gets a playing time this year no doubt I'm just curious to see if he gets that because Angeli is going to be ahead of him I would imagine at least early on in the fall is yeah. he I, I don't know the answer to that though I mean fall camp things can that's why you have fall camp Minchie's got more talent so I think he'll eventually pass him how quickly though I don't know if you want to answer this one, Brian. Nathan Milton just said most overrated Florida prospects. I don't know. I don't know if you want to go down that rabbit no. hole. But... <laughs> I have to deal I with these coaches and parents, brother. Let's... <laughs> Nathan, do I, I have an opinion on that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Do I, I think we both have an opinion on that. And Hell I, no. Nathan, I think, I think it's a great question. I think that that's a message board question for sure. I'm just not trying to alienate some players yeah. and coaches on this podcast. That's all. Yeah. So it's, it's I know better, better, man. I've been around too long. I ain't touching <laughs> that one, brother. It's nothing personal. But parents read a lot of these message boards and they get in, 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 in. I ain't messing with yes. it. <laughs> yes. And I need to do my job, man. And I'm hoping that Notre Dame continues to get into flood more. So I'm, I am not burning those bridges right now. I'm not doing that. But fair question, Nathan. If you want to put it on the message board, I'm sure we can have some fun question about that one we had our last couple questions here notre dame cheat cheat says other than img academy and modern day if you could pick three high schools to be feeder schools to notre dame which schools would you choose there's one that's unbelievably obvious and that's st thomas Aquinas. st john bosco would be another um there isn't one right now ryan in chicago but it no. In that area, as you would think, but I mean, there's not like a dominant school, is there? I mean, not really, not, not not to that degree, because like, I mean, there's a couple of schools I would love to have the pipeline in and continue to recruit at a high level, but like a kid every once in a couple of years, right? I mean, like not every single year. I mean, I, I would want to go to St. John Bosco. Yeah, like all yeah, the, yeah. they're they're terrible at recruiting Maryland. And I don't think it's yes. Notre Dame's fault. I think it's NIL. I'll just go ahead and say it. That's the problem. Sure. But St. Francis and schools like that, those kids, there's a, a 25 corner. 
that Notre Dame's recruiting from St. Francis, it's really good that might break that. But most yep. of those kind of kids, man, they're looking – they don't care about where they went to high school and all immediate money and NFL. That's what they're looking for. So yeah. it's hard to pick another St. one. I don't know. St. Francis is a good one. I, I would say it'd be like St. Francis or DeMatha, one of those two schools in Maryland. Like get into one of yep. those Catholic schools down there. St. John Bosco agree a billion percent. Like, again, you need kids that – Yes. You need kids that know how to win. They know how to win. They're also a Catholic school by trade, right? Like there's, there's things that make sense to that marriage. I'm trying to think like if there's a Texas school I would want to get into consistently. I don't there's know, a other ton, other but how many so, are realistic? Because that's all public schools. It's a yes. different deal. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Like one of the schools in North Carolina or Georgia might be a good fit. Buford, to be honest, might be that's one. a good one. Yeah, because even though it's public, it's an affluent area. There's money. There's tradition. They get it, and there is Walker Point there. If you want to go to public school, that would be one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a very interesting one. Maryland is a very interesting one. To your point, though, that's a really, really good one. Look, I, I know what's going on up there. Most of those kids, if you if you're not paying that front nil, you're not getting the top kids there. You're not. Yeah. Yep. That's why Notre Dame's Man. not getting the kids. <laughs> And they need to have some traction in there. Yeah, I mean, because the only kid they've been close on the last couple of years is they finished second for Jason Moore in the 2023 class out at the math. Like, other than that, it's like – and St. Francis in 2025 is stupid, man. There's so much talent in that class. The entire secondary is like college kids. Blake Woodby and Kevin Hughes and like, man – it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So yes, you're not right. You're not wrong there. You're not. I'm, wrong. I'm going to the uh, St. Francis IMG game this year. Oh, that's gonna be a fun one. That's gonna be a fun <laughs> one. There'll be a couple of kids there that you're, you you probably watch film on. <laughs> yes, yes, there will. There was another game someone sent me the other day. What was it? Ah, oh, I forget. I forget what game it was, but I think there's an IMG Academy game. Let me let me do my research real quick here because. Someone sent me this game that's like pretty close to me. I'm like, yeah, I need to definitely go to that game. There's no doubt about it. As I They're saw, probably playing the Philadelphia school, St. Joe's. St. Joe's Prep is playing IMG Academy in Ocean City, New Jersey this season. Good so luck I'm to St. Joe's. Good yes. luck to St. Joe's. Yes. <laughs> well, Notre Dame is taking um, – Notre Dame is is heavily recruiting Anthony Saka out of St. Joe's, the safety linebacker. So they love him a ton. He's a good so player. yes, yes, he's a very good player. So I might have to get down to that one for sure. Ocean City is about an hour away from me, so that is definitely one that I should be at. Last question: Here from PK said, "I may be one of the few who like Anthony Knapp. Evidently, something about attitude, hand, and foot speed, especially attitude." Guard with 36-inch arms. I would just say this, PK. I like a lot of what Anthony Knapp is. I really do. I remember I was like one of the few that was like, I like this kid's film. I like it. The problem was is that I think they passed on a better football player to get Anthony Knapp. That was just kind of my back on it. And there's no way Anthony Knapp has 36-inch arms. Zero chance. I mean, 36-inch arms is a rare feat. There have been like, four players in the last 15, 20 years that have come out into the NFL that had 36 plus inch arms. So he does not have 36 inch arms. I've heard that he might have 34 inch arms, which would still be number 34 inch arms. It's really long. That's really good. 
But 36 is, nah, there's zero chance that he is 36 in Johns. But I, Brian, I don't know if you've seen Anthony Knapp much, but like, I like Anthony Knapp. I just think that they passed on a better football player for him. Like, that was just kind of my whole thing. That's just me. I wonder if they took him because he's a versatile kid that could play tackle, but he's a guarantee, a guard, as a guy that could at least be competitive. I don't know if they think he can play center. I got the whole, what they're looking for at center, I'm not sure, but he's a good athlete. He's a kid that Joe yep. Moore would have liked. Um, but I mean, yes. I like anybody when Joe Moore's coaching him, but that's another story. So yes. uh, there's, there's a reason it's called the Joe Moore Award. Um, You're not right. I, <laughs> he, was, he was unbelievable. But I don't know. I mean, how many kids like that are you going to take? Like him and Odig and a few of the other kids they've taken the last couple of years project better inside, in my opinion. You better hit on yes. a couple of them, though. So that's the thing. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Those high upside kids, I'm good with taking one or two of them every single year, but you need to develop properly if you're going to do that. That is the biggest thing. So that's going to do it for today's show. Again, want to thank you all so much for working through technical difficulties. Really do appreciate it. Great mailbag at the end to end everything off. Want to urge everybody, boards at irishbreakdown.com, recruiting intel, team intel will continue to be plugging out here. Want to thank everybody again. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast. Five-star reviews are always very much appreciated. That's Brian Smith. I'm Ryan Roberts. We'll catch you all again next time on the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour, a part of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.